Always remember to consult with your physicians before making any changes to your current treatment plan. It doesn't matter if it's 10 years in remission, two years in remission, two weeks, any symptom that pops up, you're going to be like, is it back? Do I have another kind? Like, that fear never goes away. Hi, and welcome to Living With Scanxiety with your host, Rosaria Kozar. Today I have with me a survivor, Katie McLeod from Halifax, Nova Scotia, located in Canada. She had pediatric cancer at a very young age, and she has dealt with numerous side effects. We're going to touch upon some of these difficult topics today, and my hope is this fosters conversations between you and your providers and also your child. Additionally, we'll discuss how she overcomes these barriers and enjoys her life today. So welcome, Katie. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. Now, my understanding is you had cancer at such a young age. So I have to ask, what is your story? And how much of it was told to you versus what you actually remember? Um, Okay, so I was diagnosed at birth with cancer. The biopsy took a couple, like a week or so to come back that it was stage four um, infantile fibrosarcoma. And I started my treatments and stuff at 15 days old until around nine months. And so obviously I don't remember like the initial chemo treatments and stuff like that, but I've been followed my entire life by the healthcare system in oncology up until age 19. And then I transferred into the adult system when some of my side effects came forward, appears, whatever you would call it that. So I... I kind of always knew, like, since I was really young, like, it was just kind of a thing that I knew and understood as I grew up. But I mean, also as a child, like, you don't know all the, all the bits and pieces and big, scary, important stuff. So I kind of always knew that, like, I had had cancer and I had to do certain things differently with my leg and stuff. So it's kind of like half and half. So like, I don't remember the initial treatments and stuff, but I still remember all of like the scans, the MRIs, the blood work physio, all that type of stuff. So half and half, I'd say, like 50-50. So when you said it affected you, I correct me if I'm wrong, I think you said that you had something with your leg? Yeah, so my tumor was in my left leg. And when they removed the tumor, they also removed 90% of my leg muscle as well, the upper leg muscle. So I still only have 10% of my muscle today. But I can walk and run and jump and do all that fun stuff. I wasn't originally I wasn't supposed to be able to do any of that stuff without like a leg brace and like a cane and stuff or different things like that. They weren't sure how I was gonna do, but I was running and skipping at all the right ages. That's great, you know. Yeah. You were given all these restrictions and you were able to get by them. And yeah. that said though, do you have any phobias? that developed as a result? Oh my God. Yes. Um, I have a real, so I'm pretty much like covered in tattoos, but I have a pretty big phobia of like intravenous types of IVs and needles and stuff. Like I check right out when I get blood work and stuff like that. Just, um, and like the smell of the rubbing alcohol and all that, that stuff kind of 
it brings is a it, it's it's a pretty big phobia i'm not gonna lie like i require like sedation when i get blood work and stuff but besides that that and there's certain little mini things like anytime i step foot into the hospital like the smell of it will take me back and like the hospital that i was treated in it is the iwk hospital in halifax nova scotia and it had a big parking garage so like a big thing that kind of triggered me onwards in life was when I would be driving through parking garages and just progressively going up through them or vice versa. And it kind of always reminds me of going to the hospital. So that one was, I had to overcome that one when I was younger, but mostly just the blood work thing. Oh, wow. That's awful. But did you get any support from your parents? And if you did, what did they do? Or what would you have wished they'd done? Because my I was so young and stuff, my parents have had to be a pretty like big advocators and stuff during my treatment as well as my adult life because there's certain things that I don't know about my treatments and stuff. So my mom often has, has to like step in and fill in the blanks for me and stuff. So there were, they were very supportive during, during like all that stuff. The blood work phobia actually didn't come out until I was probably like 13 or 14 years old. Like previously to that, I would just stick my arm out as a child and be like, I don't mind, you can put it in. And then something just clicked one day when I was older. But so I definitely still, my mom still has to take me to get blood work. I cannot do it alone. But so they were both very awesome and helping me through that and they still are they still both still come to doctor's appointments and stuff with me yeah well you had to go through so much I mean yes you were so young when you were diagnosed and went through treatment but when even when you're cured or no evidence of disease and then you become cured you still have essentially cancer never stops you have all these Things that you have to go through, MRIs, PET scans, mm-hmm. and whatnot, depending on what type of your cancer you had. So I think you're a strong person for being able to do what you've done. It definitely gets hard at times, but I had a lot of very good support system when I was younger going through a lot of it. So, And what was the best part about that support system? Um, definitely, like my mom, she... She doesn't take any shit off of doctors, nurses, any anybody really. Like I've watched her straight up, like like send a resident out of the room for being like rude with her, and she's just kind of like she doesn't let any unnecessary poking and prodding or scans or anything like that happen if I don't need it. Like I find like this is kind of unrelated, but things like the dentist and stuff, like they're so quick to be like, all right, let's just x-ray it. But it's like for people who have gone through cancer and had multiple amounts of like radiation, whether it's just scans or actual radiation treatments, then you kind of have to like take those things into consideration. So it was like there was actually a situation a couple months back. They wanted to x-ray my teeth a second time in like six months. And my mom was like, "Uh, nope, (laughs) she's had enough radiation you don't need to x-ray it twice you can look at the old ones so she she a sassy woman yes sassy true mom colleges that's for sure we have a couple episodes with mom colleges she is a mom colleges for sure that's great it's good that you have a support system like that now i have to ask you how old are you now because you were talking about going through this as a teen and now you're an adult i'm 25 i turned 26 in august so so i just celebrated 20 years remission Last weekend, actually. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Happy remission. <laughs> Thank you. It's definitely like 
it's something that I have grown to like some people may think it's it's dumb to still celebrate it like 20 years in but I'm like dude when you beat cancer like that's a pretty big thing I think that's warranted to want to celebrate it and I like make a point to like take a like a self-portrait every year and I was like spoiled with love by my friends and it was really great that's great that's really heartwarming seriously I'm so happy that you're thank you you're 20 years old it was actually so cute they like surprised me with like donuts with like the numbers 20 written on them and like a bunch of cards and it was just like really cute and people yeah it was really sweet <laughs> that is cute that's so cute I know, right? well that's definitely making the most of your remission yeah, for sure right? so yeah congratulations and i have to ask you this is my this kind of might be a, a definitely a change in in topic here but when you talked about side effects you talked about your your leg um but were there any other side effects that affect you? Yes. So um, I'm assuming with your little son, he probably had the VAC chemos, the three of them. Yep, Van Christine. Yep. So I had this lovely little drug called cyclophosphamide, which I'm sure to any other survivors listening, they're going to be like, oh my God, cyclo. But they gave me that and they gave me another drug to kind of called Mesna to kind of like coat my bladder and protect it. And Cyclo has been known for some people to give like bladder issues and stuff. So I started having bladder infections when I was like six months old and it kind of just lingered throughout life. And then three or four years ago, actually probably like five now, I was just like really struggling with my health and stuff. And it was a long haul, like two years long to get diagnosed, but they diagnosed me with a autoimmune slash chronic pain disease called interstitial cystitis, which is... 100% a side effect from the chemo drug that I was given when I was a child. So I have to, I'm like followed by the urology unit. I get like catheter treatments and I get like scopes and all kinds of different treatments and stuff over the past couple of years. So they watch me and just kind of like keep an eye on my body like that way and stuff. But it definitely, the autoimmune disease has definitely made an impact negatively on my life but but it's one of those things that it's just kind of like I beat cancer so I got to deal with that I guess it's it's just kind of like you got to deal with it whatever way you can kind of thing so yeah, I'm sorry you have to go through that yeah it's it's okay I've I've pretty much like over it was really hard when I first got diagnosed because I had to change like my whole diet and very like invasive procedures and stuff like that but then I just kind of try to see like the good sides of it. So like getting close with my nurses and like just trying to find the, the little tiny like things that make it easier. And it's just kind of, I made my diet healthier, drank more water and I like make an effort to take care of myself like that. And it, for the most part balances out. I'm in the midst of being accepted for a new treatment that will potentially give me better quality of life but besides that things are all great besides the <laughs> the bladder but I mean there's it's just kind of you take what you get with it I can't imagine I think you have such a positive attitude it's admire that I mean like I'm not perfect I still have like like I, like anybody who has like a certain health condition like I still have those days where I get really frustrated and cry because it's like I'm 25 I want to be able to you know, like, 
go out and do things. And sometimes I, my body can't do as much as it, as it used to be able to. So I get a little frustrated, but then when I look at the bigger picture that it's like, yo, you're alive. Like it kind of makes it not seem so bad, I suppose. Yeah. And you know, I, you just pointed out the whole, you're alive bit. Has that changed you in your life having had cancer? It 100% has. Like I, people seem to think that you go through cancer, you finish your treatment and then it's over. And it's like, no, you are like permanently changed mentally, physically, emotionally for the rest of your life. It's like every little symptom. It doesn't matter if it's 10 years in remission, two years in remission, two weeks, any symptom that pops up, you're going to be like, is it back? Do I have another kind? Like it, your that fear never goes away. Yeah, I can't imagine it ever going away. It, it really doesn't. And it's like when I first got diagnosed with this autoimmune disease, some of the symptoms were like very similar to like bladder cancer. And I had to like mentally prepare myself be like, hey, you might have to fight this again. And my parents didn't tell me until after, but they were also concerned as well. But it ended up not being cancer. So it's just kind of like it definitely... It changes it for the good and in a not so positive way because on one hand, I find I'm more nervous about like developing secondary cancer, just sometimes sucks that like there's certain things I can't do, but also it's like I have met so many amazing people throughout this journey, like like whether just photographing kids or kids I've met at cancer camp when I was that age or just people I met in the hospital, like it's just really, it's it showed me that I can really get through anything, honestly. And I just want to touch on two things that you talked about. We'll touch upon the photography, but you said you went to a camp. Is that something you were apprehensive about and then went, or did you just say, I'm going? Yes. So there is a, so there's a camp put on by the Canadian Cancer Society here and it's called Camp Good Time. And it's at like a bigger camp location and a bunch of other, they run a bunch of different camps. Sorry, I'll just the the camp place is called Brigadoon and they run a bunch of camps for different health conditions. So like diabetes, like Crohn's and colitis, cancer, blindness. There's bereavement for people, children going through like a loss of a loved one. There's all kinds of different camps just for kids with like chronic and terminal illnesses and stuff like that. And you the age you go is from seven to 16. So my parents knew about it for a long time, but they didn't tell me about it and send me until I was 10 because I was kind of a whiny little baby when I was a kid. (laughs) But um, so I was very like when my mom first sat me down, I was like, hey, like, how do you feel about going to this? My first thought was I was going to walk in and it's going to be all these bald kids like hooked up to IVs with feeding tubes. And it's not that at all. It's like kids rip roaring for a week straight the counselors have just as much energy they're having just as much fun it's a ball like I think in total my entire like 10 years that I've gone I've seen maybe six kids on active treatment but the camp has all the resources and capability to give the kids their chemo flush their forts and stuff like that to be able to like give them that camp experience but they can still get their health care at the same time so it's a really camp is I haven't gone the past couple of years just because as a wedding photographer, summers can be hard to book out and stuff like that. But it is my favorite place on earth. Oh, that's so awesome. Seriously, like, because you would never imagine that. But yes, it's the funnest place. I Oh, my God. And the people are just amazing. Like 
you meet all these people who have gone through the same thing as you and you guys it's just it's really positive and camp good time really like shaped me as a person and taught me my confidence and not to be ashamed of what I went through and to kind of like wear it with pride so they definitely camp was a big 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 part of me like learning to accept what I went through and kind of learning how to like advocate for other children going through it. It's good to have a connection with somebody that you can actually share like, hey, we went through this. But at the same time, you don't have to share that you can just go off and do camp activities. So what about the photography? What do you do with that? Oh, I yeah, so I have two jobs. Basically, I'm a baker, I bake bread and stuff at a bakery. And I also am a photographer. That's so cool. I yeah, I just started a couple of weeks ago, and I I love it so much. It's exhausting, and it definitely like my my boss has to get me specifically a stress mat for my leg and stuff. But my pl- employers are like really good about my health conditions and stuff. So, but with the photo and stuff, I shoot weddings, newborns, maternity, just kind of like any of that. But for a long time, I was kind of like trying to figure out. Like I wanted to do something that I could impact, make an impact and raise awareness. And I'm way too squeamish to be a nurse. So I was like, what's my next best thing? So I was like, in photography school, I created this um, documentary series called My Cancer, My Story. Story, And it's essentially, I photograph myself and I tell my own story in it. And then I go and photograph kids in the hospital who are undergoing their own treatments as well as any survivors, like if there's kids that are 10 years out of cancer treatment and them and their family want to tell their story and get photos done, I do that. It's all completely free, all volunteer-based. I do all that. And it's mostly like black and white photos and stuff. Just it's The point of the series is kind of, kind of to bring awareness not only to like the positive side of cancer, like being strong, being a warrior and stuff like that, but also to like bring awareness to like some of the things that actually is like the way it's portrayed in the movies. It's, it's not like that. It's not like you get your chemo and then you walk out the door. It's like most, most times you've got your head in a bucket for six hours. Like, so it's just to kind of show like the rawness and realness of what cancer is and that it's not always this perfect little gorgeous, sweet ending story. Like some people lose their battles and some people go undergo serious pain and side effects and stuff so it's just to kind of show that it the realness of it I suppose that's really inspiring thank you that really really is inspiring and that's so you have such a generous heart oh thank you so much to do something like that it's I'm so inspired I can't I can't stop saying that enough (laughs) all right I'll stop talking so you can (laughs) but I definitely I my long-term goals with it are I'd like, well, short-term goal, I'd like to put all of them, maybe 25 stories in a book and then sell said book and donate the profits and stuff. But my also like bigger goal is I'd like to get it pretty big and then approach certain people for grants and stuff so that I can kind of figure out a way to make it into a nonprofit so that I can donate legitimate funds directly to the cancer unit in the hospital I was treated in. So it's my long-term goal. It's going to take some work to get there, but I think it's totally possible. can totally see this happening, oh, and you. I can't wait to see it. And I'm so inspired by your Aww. ability to go out there and, and help uh, spread awareness. Because it, like you said, is not like the commercials. 
and um, and to see this quote unquote other half of it is important. Exactly, and people don't realize like we, childhood cancer gets four percent of government funding. Like that's not okay. Like children, like realistically, when you look at it, an adult who's going through cancer, say an adult and a child get diagnosed with cancer, if you look at like the amount of life that would be lost on each side the child it weighs out to way more life years not that like people adults going through it don't deserve the same same amount but it's like children are the future like we are the future we should have better treatments and I know I know kids that I've met that have literally lost their battle because they didn't they didn't get the right treatment in time or they didn't get accepted for a trial or there's just not enough funding or research put into it and there needs to be because Kids deserve more. I am so amazed by your, you know, energy and your awareness and your willingness to spread awareness and your passion. You are an awesome person. And I really appreciate you coming on here and sharing your story. But before we go, how can we contact you? Oh, sweet. Yeah. So you can find me on Facebook with Katie McLeod Photography or My Cancer, My Story. And same goes with Instagram, but Instagram is KT McLeod Photo and then My Cancer, My Story. So both of those, I post a lot of cancer portraits and just uh, basically I'm just going to continue to scream to the damn heavens until we get better cures and better drugs. I am so thankful you came on. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to Living with Cancerity with your host, Rosaria Kozar. Don't forget to subscribe to my podcast.